0: y'all it's dr janae
1: what's up it's raven and we are your favorite teacher therapist duo
0: and this is Houston healing a podcast about all things mental health but most importantly a safe space for black people our mission is to dialogue find support and share resources that help in our healing journeys and i say our healing journeys because we too are learning and growing every day so without further ado let's get into it Welcome back to the Houston Healing Podcast. Our next topic we wanted to go over is a little bit of an extension of our introductory conversation when we really talked about the importance of utilizing therapy, recognizing the need to be in therapy, and just pushing through and starting your journey to growth and healing. So we spent a lot of time with you all discussing again When you have that internal dialogue with yourself, when you recognize the need to sit down and be real and be like, I need to go to therapy. Like, I I really need to do this. But something that I often get approached by my loved ones, by my professional and my personal circle, as well as clients that ultimately find their way to me, a lot of times people are like, okay, I I had that moment with myself. I had that talk to Jesus. Like I need to be in therapy. What do I do now? So I've gotten people text my phone or reach out to me on the Instagram page, or people have said like, hey, can my cousin, can my sister contact you? Because they don't know what to do next. And so I wanted to just spend some time to work to bridge that gap. So after you sit down you're like, okay, therapy is what I need to do. I am committed to this healing journey, this growth. And all of those things, it's like, what's next? So there's a couple of ways that you can do that. So there are search engines that exist. Um, There are a number of them and they will be linked below in the comments and in the notes section. But there are search engines where you can go in and you can put in your insurance provider if you are insured or you can indicate if you are going to be self-pay or you're uninsured. And then you can, there's a lot of just like drop down features. I'm looking for this gender identity, or I'm looking for this racial or ethnic background. I'm looking for this person that um, identifies as having this religious or spiritual background, or you can just go in, you can simply put in your insurance provider and say like, I'm just looking for somebody that's treating depression. Um, And so you can click depression as your, um, your symptom or your reason for seeking therapy, or it could be family issues or whatever the case, but you will, there will be a search engine that you can, Get as specific as you want or need to, or you can just put in the basics. And then from there, it will generate uh, the providers that are local to you, that are accepting your insurance, or that are um, identifying themselves as specializing in the problem or problems that you're indicating. So if you have not yet used one of those search engines, again, there is a link that you can check out in this notes section. That'll be extremely helpful for you. And there are a couple of them. Um, Another way to do this is to call the number on the back of your medical insurance card and you just let them know, like, I'm looking for therapists um, that are covered under my insurance. That, and again, we live in a world now where telehealth exists. And so you can do virtual therapy if you're interested, or you can tell them that you're looking for someone um, local to your zip code. And they will send you a list. Some insurance companies are able to give you the specifics that you're looking for. So again, I'm looking for a black female therapist that's, treats um family issues sometimes they can do that other times they'll let you know like hey we're just sending you the list and then it's your responsibility as the uh, prospective client to go through and see you know if those people are black women therapists to address um family issues so you will have to talk to your insurance provider to see how specific they can get for you but nevertheless they're able to email you or send you via um postal mail A list of providers that are covered that are in network that you will have no cost or you'll just have a copay associated with that. Um, And then, like I said, there are search engines that you can utilize on your own um, and you can navigate this process to find therapists that meet your needs, that match your interests, that match how you identify or what you think that you need most in a provider. Um, If you are an uninsured individual, you can. Absolutely contact your um, local social services department and ask them what options are available to you. Um, Individuals who have Medicaid are also eligible for mental health services and benefits. That's something that I get a lot of questions about like, oh, you know, I, I have government subsidized insurance. Can I see a therapist? And the answer is yes. Some of these websites that I'm referencing do have an option that links that. Um, And so you can always ask a provider or you can let a provider know that you found online or that somebody recommended to you and sent you their website. You can always ask them in that consultation phase. Most therapists offer a consultation so you guys can get to know one another. They can hear what your needs are to make sure that they can meet those needs and address your concerns. Um, That's your time to ask any questions to them, of them. And you can always go over your insurance to make sure that your insurance is accepted, that they are uh, covered to provide services to you, and all of that. So that's just a reminder. I think that I hope that that's really helpful. I get that question quite a bit, so I just wanted to make sure that we had that out there for everybody.
1: Perfect. I I love that you provided all this information because I feel like it's something that is not you can't find it easily. Like I did not know that if you are receiving Medi-Cal or Medicaid, that you can still receive services. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it is really good to know that people know like, okay, I can I can go if I'm uninsured and mm-hmm. how does that look and what are the avenues? Because it's, it's something you can't easily find when you're ready to do that mm-hmm. or make that decision. And I also feel like, you know, when you're ready to make that decision, you have so many hoop- loopholes to go through. It keeps mm-hmm. you from actually pursuing it. So thank you for sharing that.
0: Yeah, and I know that, you know, your experience was so different. Like you had the yes. extremely fortunate experience of kind yeah. of having your process streamlined. But if you didn't like, would you have approached therapy in the same way or like what would it what do you think would have happened I definitely would not have if I had so
1: many loopholes right if I got to like loophole number three I probably would have been like you know what we're, we're not doing this yeah um mm-hmm. and so like you said I was very fortunate to have people who actually did the like leg work the heart leg work yeah. leg work for me like hey this is having all you have to do is show up that's it
0: mm-hmm. and even
1: even that part like taking me to the actual like sessions mm-hmm. so I think that yeah I, I think I would not have, you know, went through if I had so, if I had loopholes to go through or if I didn't know the process on, on my own, you know?
0: Yeah. It's not something that's like common knowledge. And again, like most of us are used to going to the doctor, like our primary care physician, our parents take us. We know how you call and you make an appointment or they call you because you're due for your annual routine, physical or whatever the case. And so when you... Become an adult, you're like, oh yeah, I gotta call the doctor and make a doctor's appointment. Um, I gotta call yes. the dentist. Like, it's though we have those experiences to refer back to. So if you've never been in therapy or you don't come from an environment or a family where therapy is a part of your reality, um, mm-hmm. oftentimes you don't know where to start. And so yes, that just that lack of information because it doesn't exist in the broader public like sphere. Um, a lot of times people are like, I don't know what to do, and that those barriers will make someone like, I don't know what to do, so I ain't gonna do it. So I'm and so gonna do um. It, yeah. <laughs> so it's like again we just wanted to make sure you are aware of we talked before about go to therapy now we're talking about how you can access therapy and -hmm. I think another common misconception is like why people go to therapy why an individual will be in therapy and especially when we think about our community the black community like it is so hard when we're talking about these generational like messages that we've received about therapy as weakness or that's something that white yeah. people do or that's mm-hmm. something for crazy people or whatever, yes. you know, messages we may have received from our families, from our social circles, from the media itself. Um so, you know, I think we definitely need to address what is quote unquote appropriate what are the appropriate mm-hmm. reasons somebody reasons, would go to yeah. therapy. No,
1: I agree because I when I when I, you know, in my teens in in college, literally assumes that you had to be it had to be an extreme reason to go to therapy. Mm -hmm. And not knowing that there were just you can go to therapy for practically anything. And even when I started telling folks, hey, I'm looking for a therapist, I found a therapist, I'm going to therapy. Mm -hmm. People oh wow, I didn't know you were dealing with like extreme depression or have you had like I was even getting questions about, oh my gosh, is things are things that bad or are -hmm. you really like I, and and I had folks even asking, like, is there something I can help with? Because like, do you really have to go to therapy? And I'm like, wait, mm-hmm. hold up. I'm going to therapy because I'm dealing with grief. I'm going to therapy to like help with this transition. Um, with you know, I think I talked about the last episode of like, you know, the transition with the move out here and, and mm-hmm. setting boundaries with my mom and then mm-hmm. start going to therapy because work was work was a lot. And yeah. so at that time, and I remember telling my mom, and she was like, Whoa, like. What's going on? It was, it was a point of concern rather than like, Mm -hmm. this is great. I'm so happy, but it's because folks have this idea and a negative kind of connotation when it comes to therapy.
0: Yeah. There's these pre preconceived notions that exist. And I feel like oftentimes when individuals think of therapy. They think of severe depression. Um, They think of self-harm and suicidal thoughts. Mm -hmm. And then they think of symptoms of psychosis. Are you hearing things? Are you seeing things? And they don't recognize that there's such a broader context of why and when an individual could go to therapy, should Mm -hmm. go to therapy, needs to be in therapy. Um, Like you said, just the transition of um, completing undergrad, going into the real world, the physical transition of moving from one coast to another, the transition of part-time, um, entry-level work to Mm -hmm. walking into your career. Like those are appropriate reasons to be in therapy. You've referenced your relationship and, um, trying to navigate that, trying to determine if it was what you should be doing in that moment. Should you, persist on in the relationship should you call the relationship to an end like Mm -hmm. that is there's a space in therapy for that you talked about setting boundaries there's absolutely a space for boundary setting in therapy Mm -hmm. um and so because you are you know my subject matter expert because you have been in the trenches with therapy you have committed and pushed through and you've been in therapy for a number of reasons like what are some other reasons that not and they don't necessarily have to be reasons you have or are in therapy Mm -hmm. for but what are some um Not some some unconventional reasons that you would identify if your friend was talking about something that you would be like, go to therapy. You should be in therapy. Go talk to a therapist.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it's... uh, So, I think a big one has always been work. I feel like Mm-hmm. So many of us spend so much time talking about work, like this person got me fucked up, or my boss some pissed me mm-hmm. off, or, you know, them giving me something else to do on the weekends, I don't get paid overtime. Mm-hmm. That was one reason where, for me, work was so much of my life where I'm like, I'm literally dreaming about. Lesson planning and like my what I'm going not gonna dreaming, do girl. Having a
0: nightmare. Let's yes, clarify. Having a nightmare. nightmare.
1: Yes. <laughs> I'm like I'm supposed to get rest when I sleep, and so yes. that was one reason for me. That was one reason why I went to therapy because I really thought that was the root to a lot of my stress was work
0: um also really just quick like- this is a shameless plug though I have to throw this shameless plug in here there is a video that exists on the Instagram Houston to Healing page about utilizing your EAP your employee assistance program because what mm. you are saying is nothing but facts right now work is a primary cause of yes. a lot of our mental health symptoms um or it definitely plays a substantial role and that being said most of our employers have an employee assistance program an EAP that is that exists through your um, institutions or organizations like health and wellness. Um, You can usually go through HR for that, but they will offer a certain number of sessions that are covered at no cost to you. So even if your insurance does not cover um, mental health services for some reason, or if you find a therapist that your insurance provider doesn't, cover but your eap does um so i encourage anybody that's dealing with any stress in their life that is related to work if work is causing you stress depression anxiety it's causing you turmoil in your relationship issues with your family if you can identify work as a source of your distress go to your employer and this is a confidential like it's not anything that they're reporting to your upper management it's confidential but it's a way for you to access therapy at no cost to you as a benefit of being an employee there so shameless plug check out your jobs EAP and use those resources for sure. I, I I didn't even know that. I love that. I think my reason for going third because I
1: knew I was insured. And so, um, to know that, I think that's a good, a good like nugget of knowledge. Um, I, and then also with that being a black woman, right? So like now I'm dealing with work stuff and I'm mm-hmm. talking about race or just like everyday issues that we were dealing, that we're dealing with just being black in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, friendships breakups I mean I think my my journey was me going to therapy talking about work and now I'm in therapy talking about my breakup and then now that's turned mm-hmm. into like my childhood trauma and stuff mm-hmm. so those are things even my friends when they're like oh my gosh I'm so you know stressed out one of the big things is like dating my dating life mm-hmm. go go to therapy about that right to figure out why mm-hmm. am I like finding myself at this same same spot I want something more but yet like I am still here. Um, mm-hmm. financial reasons. I know I had, I was talking to my therapist about like, I have not want to get out of debt for the longest, but I seem to like my, my spending habits are piss poor. So like, there's just an array of reasons to go to therapy. And I don't want folks to think like, like we said, you have to have something severely or however we define severe, right. As a reason mm-hmm.
0: to be able to go. Mm-hmm. No, like you said. And I think that's the other thing. Like what is. What I determine severe and what you determine severe are two different things. And again, it does yes. not have to be these extreme uh, polarizing issues. Like you said, it's it's relationships. It's being single and navigating single life. It's mm-hmm. There's such a spectrum of why one can be in therapy. And I think one of the things that's often overlooked, because I have had clients that are in therapy, they're like, you know what? I I just want to come to therapy right now because I'm in a place of peace, of success, mm-hmm. of happiness, of harmony. And I've never had that before. So wow. I'm trying to maintain that. Keep I'm that. trying to make sure that I don't sabotage it. And so we end mm-hmm. up talking about issues where they weren't as successful or they weren't as happy or they weren't at peace. And so they're like, I just want to be cognizant to make sure I can recognize if those things are starting to creep back up. So I've been, um, I've been in partnership with clients who life is great. And they're just like, I'm trying to make sure that I am maintaining that I'm not doing anything that is inadvertently going to bring about the distress that I come out of. So Mm -hmm. that's another reason that people don't think about like, well, I'm in therapy because things are great. But again, Think think of therapy as routine maintenance, the way that you get your car service, Things aren't wrong with your car, but you take it in every certain thousand miles. Um, You go to the doctor annually. You go to the dentist twice a year. You go in for a routine eye exam. So things don't have to be wrong. You're just doing it a self-inventory, a a check-in to make sure things are great. And sometimes, again, you go take that car and you be like, wait a minute, like, I didn't realize all these things was going on because the service light hadn't come on yet, but I'm glad I caught it now. Um, So it's the same concept with mental health and us taking care of our emotional wellness, the same ways in which we take care of our physical health. Um, interpersonal conflict is a big one because again, a lot of times we are in therapy for the individuals in our lives who won't go Mm -hmm. and you cannot get away from them. These are your parents, your children, your siblings, your romantic partner, um, your coworkers, and you, you're not leaving that job. And this is a a team member. So a lot of times, uh, people go to therapy to navigate interpersonal conflict because you want to strengthen those relationships or you want to understand. what you can control in the situation that is out of your control. That being said, people come to therapy for family issues. You know, you are having issues in your family. Again, whether it's your parents, your children, your spouse, your your partner. Um, So there's family therapy, or you may be in therapy just individually, but addressing some of your family or romantic issues. There's couples counseling. You know, you talked about boundary setting. I've had people come to therapy to really talk about like, Connection. They're like, I grew up in an environment where we didn't express our emotion. We didn't show love. We didn't communicate. We didn't listen to understand. We just listened to respond. We listened gotcha, to prove yeah. our point. So they're like, I'm trying to unlearn that. So again, when we're talking about interpersonal relationship and we're talking about our upbringing and we're talking about childhood trauma, like all of those things collide. And I love how you talked about like, hey, I'll go to therapy for issue one. And next thing I know, and we on issue six. Like, yes. and that happens in therapy. You can come and said like, I'm here to talk about blank. And we start talking about blank and we working through that. And then this other thing comes up and then this other thing comes up. And that's Mm -hmm. where therapists know how to pivot and they know how to say, okay, you know what? You were here telling me about your stress, but what I'm really hearing is this. So we're going to pivot a little bit and start talking about that. We'll get back to the stress because it sounds like the stress is more managed right now or the stress is something that is not bothering you as much as this issue over here. Um, And so I think that's another misconception that people have is like, yeah, you know, I'm a little anxious, and you know it's, it's not really worth me going to therapy. It's not that bad, because again, not, people think that therapy. Smart. People think that therapy is for when it's that bad. So Please that go bad. before it's that don't. bad. Or and on the other token, people feel like sometimes it's so bad they're like, "What am I gonna go talk to somebody about? What is me sitting on a that, couch yeah. or She's logging onto help. a computer like?" Like, listen, we way past the point of return, and it's like not necessarily like. So uh, again, yes. don't feel like your issues not that severe, or don't feel like your issue is too severe. I would say again, if it's starting to cause you injury internal distress book you an appointment that's a reason like yeah that's a reason to go and just Mm -hmm. because you're going to therapy to talk about issue a don't mean that's what you're gonna get up off that couch or close that computer haven't talked about y'all could have went 26 different ways and then you go back next week and it's a whole another set and that's okay that's that's a part of therapy like that is what therapists are trained and equipped to do um Like you said, when you talked about that transitional piece, um, preparing for life changes is also a great time to consider going to therapy. So again, whether you're transitioning from going to high school, into college, or into the real world, whether you are about to get married, premarital counseling is something that exists for a reason, obviously. Uh, Maybe you're about to have a new baby. That's a life change. Um, Again, you're starting a career, you're changing careers. Uh, Divorce is a life change. Death is a life change. You know, when, even when you're transitioning into life stages, I've had a ton of, I've had a ton of adolescent clients because they're walking into uh, puberty or their adolescent phase and they're trying to gauge their independence and what they want to be and who they are and what matters to them and just learning themselves again, young people that are stepping into adulthood for the first time. Um, The elderly population is that's um, a lot of elderly individuals are starting to come to therapy because that's a transitioning life stage. Things are so different. Your kids are gone. Maybe you're getting grandkids for the first time. Um, You are, you know, leaving your family home and moving into, you know, maybe a, um, a, you know, you're downsizing. You're going to a senior living facility, whatever it is, your spouse, you know, your lifelong partner has passed on. So there's just so many life changes where therapy is a great outlet to have a great way to just Mm. be like, I don't understand what's going on. And I think that's important. You know, we're talking about, when and why to go to therapy, not knowing what the hell is going on with you is yeah. a great reason to go to therapy. Yes. You don't have yes. to have the reason. pinpointed. you could be like, listen, it's a lot and I don't know, I'm I don't here, know what I'm the- yes. I'm, I, I swear yes. to God, I promise you, I've had people say that. I don't know why I'm here, but I'm just here. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. well, yeah. let's start going down yeah. a list. Let's start talking. To, you know, how have you been feeling lately? You know yes. what I'm saying? Let's figure it out. Um, Because you may not know, but you like, I don't feel right. I, mm-hmm. I Something is going on and I don't know what it is, but that's what you're getting paid for. Tell me, figure yeah. it out tell me yeah it's
1: it's crazy because as you're talking i felt like i've been to the point where i'm like i don't have anything to go to therapy about like mm-hmm. my issues aren't that big are you know people are feeling you know worse off and i think when i start going to therapy i was like oh damn i actually this is a lot like this should not be my normal of being mm-hmm. like oh no like dealing with work stress or dealing with this like that's not that bad. And I think even therapy helped me reframe the way that I see things in life, right? Like, no, this is bad, right? The way that I see Mm -hmm. pain or Mm -hmm. the way that I see like, like understand like, no, that was traumatic because it was traumatic to me. Maybe you don't feel that way, but I felt that. Mm -hmm. And then there are also on the other side in the beginning stages where like when I first started off um, therapy, when I was seeing someone pro bono, I was like, how the hell is he going to help me with my issues? I'm so far gone. Like, my mind, I'm I'm always thinking negative. I'm always this. And I don't think I can rewire that. Like, this has been me for the last 20-something years. And so mm-hmm. to actually be in a point where, like, no, there is healing. Just like trauma can rewire us, I really do believe that, like, healing has. Because who I was in my early 20s to now, the way that I talk mm-hmm. to myself, the way that I am, I would I would never think that now. I would never mm-hmm. think that, oh, my problems aren't too big or I'm just so mm-hmm. far gone. I can't be, like, healed. And so, never ever think that. Never ever. And then mm-hmm. there be some days. Even now, I go to session. I'm like, girl, I don't even know. I, I'm scratching my head. Like, I don't even know. And the next thing you know, I'm crying at the end of the session. I'm like, wait, Listen. I thought I was about to go to session. Like, girl, I don't know if we're gonna be here. This might be a short session. And then I'm over here boohoo crying. As we yeah, trying to you know that, wrap that up happens to, for sure. And you know. and I
0: think sometimes you have those those little like lulls in your therapeutic process where again sometimes you go on and you got so much stuff that you feel like sometimes. you're not even gonna get it. Um, you're not even going to get what you need to say out before the timer goes off. Yes. And there are other times where it's like, uh, things are kind of going good. I've been and practicing. About, yeah. I've been doing the work. I've been journaling. I really don't have anything. And that sometimes is what you need. Like therapy sometimes, and you know this, you've been in therapy, and I know you have a really strong biometry therapist. Sometimes therapy is a key, key session. Like sometimes right. we we talk, it's real lighthearted <laughs> that day. Yeah. We laugh and we joke you. You're looking at your growth and your progress and asking questions for future reminders. And then other times, like you said, you in are balling. It's nothing but yeah. tissue matted up and it's not Mm. everywhere like and that's okay and i think just again we we see therapy the way that it's presented to us um in this very black and white way and that's not the case or there's only these reasons and that's not the case um One, one, um, reason that people come to therapy that I think is often not thought about is individuals who are using or abusing substances. We often always think like, oh, that person needs to go to AA or NA. And there is, there's benefit in those groups. I do not want to minimize those whatsoever, but a lot of times there is an underlying reason or set of reasons why an individual is utilizing, using, and abusing substances. Mm -hmm. Um, and therapy can help to navigate that and help to work with that um there are therapists that are trained as alcohol and drug abuse counselors and have different specializations so that's another one too that i think people don't often think about is like okay i can't function without the substance in my life i can i'm only i can only unwind when i utilize this when i do this i can only be me when i'm lit when i'm loaded like okay we need to talk about that we need to process that in therapy um so therapy is so much more than an individual being depressed, having dark thoughts, um being in a state of psychosis and absolutely you should be in therapy if those are your reasons. Um poor coping skills. We again we like you said you talked about like us not recognizing how much pain that we've packed on yes. or how much um Like we've just been conditioned to be constantly busy, constantly stressed, constantly anxious. Like that's not how we're supposed to be. So therapy helps you to recognize that. But in addition to being conditioned to be all of those ways, we cope extremely poorly with that. Yeah. Like you said, we don't sleep well, we don't eat well, we don't take care of our bodies and our minds well. Mm-hmm. Um we lash out. We like so so poor coping skills is a byproduct of the ways in which we've been conditioned, but that's the reason to be in therapy. Like so it's so like I always tell people like if you if you see an issue with it, there is a place in therapy There's for a it. Place, yeah. Period. Like that's that's what it comes down to. Um so if you are asking yourself like, you know, why are some reasons I should go to a therapy? Whatever comes to your mind, that's the answer. Like that. Yeah. that is give yourself enough grace to be like, okay, this is valid. Like you have identified that or those things as a problem. So now it's time to go to therapy. We have, you know, outlined the process of how to get there, how to, you know, find a therapist, how to book your appointment. And that's one thing Raven, um, I think is really helpful too. It's like what to expect. Like people are often mm. like, okay, I've recognized that I need to go to therapy. I've identified the things that are bothering me. Now I've, you know, followed these links. I've checked out the resource guide. I've called my insurance company. I found a therapist. Like, I booked the appointment. And then there's a lot of anxiety because people are like, what's yeah, going to happen? And I understand because yeah. you're going into this room with this stranger and you're yeah. being asked yes. these super personal, vulnerable questions about your present life, your history, your interpersonal relationships. So like, your family. you know, walk, walk someone through who's like, okay, I did everything y'all said. And my, my session is next week. What can I expect? What does it look like from, you know, first session, like how you open up? Like, you know, I I saw this thing about that. They were like, oh, I'm getting ready to walk into therapy and and cry my eyes out of my therapist was asking for my (laughs) copay. So I'm like, no, like, let's be honest and trend, like walk these people through like what they can expect.
1: Yeah, no, that was my, I think I was, I was ready to go. I was like, I'm ready to say the things. And so, you know, that first question as to like, why? And so I, I was ready to dig in and she's like, okay, let's take a step back. I want to hear this. But it was a lot of questions to fill out like a questionnaire mm-hmm. of asking, mm-hmm. you know, how's your family? Like asking all these questions. It kind of reminded me when you go into the doctor and mm-hmm. there, do you have any allergies? Are yeah. you, you know, allergic to pain medication? You just have them? you... Just like that, right? And they're writing down everything. And you know, she even told me I'm gonna be I might not be able to make because I'm trying to take mm-hmm. notes. Mm-hmm. And so that was the first session. Um I I didn't even get, I mean, I got I was able to talk, but it was more so like an intake. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, she also was like, also, I want you to know that if you feel like this isn't the relationship that you want, um, you know, if you feel like mm, you're not working for me. I can refer you. Like, that's my job yep. to find. Like, I put you first. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's going to be a hard conversation. Like, how can I tell her I don't like her? But mm-hmm. I luckily I did, right? But I know <laughs> yeah. I, I had a conversation with my friends about, like, breaking up with your therapist, like, how to do that. Um, But she even, like, gave me that information. She told me, like, the next two, first few sessions would be us filling each other out, right? Can she also provide me what I needed? Um, or would she have to refer me somewhere? And do I also feel a connection to stay, you know, and be serviced by her? And if not, she will help me find someone else. So that mm-hmm. was the first couple of sessions. It was literally like getting to know, um, you know, I call, I I thought of it like dating, just like getting to know someone, building up that foundation. So then when we do get into the nitty gritty, we, we have that foundation already built and I don't have to, you know, I feel more um, comfortable if that makes sense. So yeah, that, that was a first, and, and, and it wasn't like what I pictured, you know, you laying on the couch, it was, you know, a nice office. I'm sitting there and taking everything in. Um. So yeah, that, that's probably the first, the first session. Um. And that was in person. So mm-hmm. um, I know now there's an option for virtual. Is that the same thing in the virtual, like, you know, virtual world, seeing
0: patients for the first time virtually? Yeah, the virtual, a virtual therapy is essentially one and the same to in-person therapy. Um you there's typically an additional consent form that goes on just to say that you're um consenting to telehealth. Um but it's it's one and the same. So like you said, um it's really important to note that, you know, again, when you have that first session, it looks a lot different than the traditional therapeutic mm-hmm. process because again, you're not only doing the intake because they're you're kind of conducting like the biopsychosocial assessment. I'm trying to understand your background, your upbringing, your beliefs, the issues that you're presenting, how severe they are, how they're impacting your life, because we're trying to get the diagnosis. We're trying to come up with the treatment plan and work in partnership with the client to create goal setting, to address these issues. Um, but, I have to ask a lot of questions to get there yes. first. So like you said, that yes. first session is very much just, okay, you know, where are you from this parents that do you use yes. substances it, like, it's it like, yes. it's like a doctor's appointment. I like how you brought up when they ask you, do you have any allergies? Do you have any, um, you know, respiratory issues? And they have right. all, of this, of tobacco, all, all of this, all the stuff. Yeah. Use of tobacco, all of that good stuff. And so um, it's very similar in that regard. And then the other part of it is like, they're like, okay, how do I navigate this? Like I'm going in there and I'm talking about personal stuff. Like, what happens if I'm crying or I'm in an emotional <laughs> point and, you know, my time is up? And it's like, that's something that okay. therapist helps you to navigate. Because again, when we're talking about boundary setting, it's a way, you know, you have to also respect that therapist boundaries. The therapist yes. has to go ahead and do the so, notes. They have other clients to see, and that therapist does have a life. So we can't sit there in an hour session and be talking to you two and a half hours in. And it's not because your issues aren't important or you don't matter, but it's, again, we're, we're teaching that boundaries have to be set Um, the same way you ain't trying to be at work all night, the way you not right. trying to be working on weekends neither is your therapist so the respect goes both ways so there's a way that the therapist will politely and professionally kind of hey you know i think this is a great stopping point we've talked about x y and z and that you're you know i'm gonna check in with you before you get up like yeah. i'm not just yes. gonna kick you out like okay i see that you're <laughs> visibly upset you know can we talk about you know you said this you know can we pause here and, and resume next week with that and we will do so um typically the again i get a ton of questions about the i don't know people be like how do i handle the money and i'm like i feel you listen so depending on how it works if you are going to a um an office where there's multiple like there's an actual like um Secretary or administrative assistant, they'll collect payment just like at the doctor's appointments. Um, they collect everything. Okay, your copay today is fifteen dollars. You know, can I please see your insurance card? Um, if not, the therapist, if they're like, you know, just themselves in a private practice by themselves, they typically ask for it at the beginning of the session. Like, let's knock yes, that out. Let's always, knock the copay yeah. out and then let's talk about always, the real yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. you know, always, always get your coin first, get it out the way. It's not something we want to be talking about. You don't want to get any bills sent later. Um, so that's something that I get a ton of, you know, what about the money? What about the copay? So that's mm-hmm. a question that I hope that that I've answered for everybody. And then again, like, the initial stages after you get done with that first session that intake session the subsequent you know second third session are again like you said getting to know one another you're trying to fill yeah. your therapist out to ensure it's a good fit your therapist is learning more about you so again like I like that you uh, use like kind of the the metaphor of like dating it's like okay like I'm, I'm seeing if this is yes. a vibe if this is a connection it's also one-sided too right I'm not you know I'm not my therapist isn't
1: divulging their life up to me it's, yes uh, that's right? an important one. Right? yes the therapist should
0: not be in there so yeah you know my time, girl, yes, like girl yes no no, no. <laughs> there's there's a way to relate or to be like i understand yeah. or i've experienced that but your therapist should not be like be going, oh my yeah. god so let me tell you talking about your stress let me tell you about like no me- it should not be like you said <laughs> yes. it, sh- it should be you know client-centered client-focused but after those first couple of sessions so session one is intake session two and three are you guys talking more about um you presenting problems you're presenting issues and how to work through that um and it's also a time for the client to find themselves getting comfortable to open up yeah. to be more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. But I always tell my clients, I'm like, by session four, we rolling. Like, we, sh- we yeah. should really be on to something. Like, because you should yeah. see that I am knowledgeable in the subject. I am supporting you. I'm hearing you. I'm validating you. You know, we've identified that this is a good fit. Like, but so by session four, so I think that's another one, too. People will go to that intake and be like, this ain't like the movies. Like, they just asked me all these yes. questions. Wasn't nobody listening to me? Um, and it's like no 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 push through so I do believe that there is a space where a therapist may not be a good fit for you and we definitely will talk about that in later episodes like you said how to break up with your therapist I love that we can talk about that but I would say for sure give it to the fourth session if you still are feeling like your needs are not being met speak Mm up and then um if you then after that if you still feel that way then you know tune back in spend a block on us for how to break up with your therapist because we'll be talking about that That but Push through. It's not, you are not going to necessarily feel like you have really walked into what you were expecting after session one. So yeah, give it a few sessions. You have to for sure.
1: Yeah. And I know my therapist was really good. I want to say probably about the same, maybe fourth or fifth. She even asked me, like, how are you feeling? Right. Mm -hmm. Cause also, I I also think she even peeped that I was a people pleaser. So even if I Mm -hmm. wasn't feeling her, I probably would not have said anything. I would have just sat there and continued and then probably would have been complaining to like my friends. Um, But I think she even checked in with me and I was like, no, honestly, like this, I want to continue this. This is a good fit. And then even Mm -hmm. during, I think by like session two, I don't know if it's session one or session two, she did tell me, like, this is how often I want to see you, right? Like mm-hmm. I want, okay. does this work with your schedule? If we mm-hmm. meet, it was, you know, I started off meeting weekly. Does this work with your session? Does this work with their, you know, you being able to pay? I think at the time I was paying a copay. Um, and I do know, and I don't know if you have clients who have to pay you upfront the full thing and then they get reimbursed through their insurance. Got I do it. have friends mm-hmm. who have to pay, there's no copay, but they get reimbursed and that might take a couple of weeks but mm-hmm. you know they were like you know i really like this person so i'll deal and do it this way mm-hmm. and just make sure i have my coins right and wait for a reimbursement so um even discussing that like do you see yourself coming every two weeks is that something you env- i mean every week is that something you envisioned? i was like yes um but you you have a say so on that too which mm-hmm. i really i like that so
0: Yeah. Like you said, it it sounds like your therapist is great in that regard, because I remind my clients this, especially at intake. When we do our consultation, I always state this and then I reiterate it at the intake. Like this is a partnership. I think a lot of times they're like, oh, I'm coming to see this expert and they're going to tell me what to do. And I have to listen. Like you said, hey, I want to see you weekly. Maybe your schedule doesn't permit that. Maybe your finances don't permit that. So then we need to go back to the drawing board and discuss that doesn't work for me. Here's why. And you are heard. And then it's like, okay, well, what about this? How does does this work for you? Um, or what resources are available for you if cost is a factor and things of that nature so as always I enjoy having conversation with you because I'm passionate about mental health I'm passionate about mental health for my folks and so when we get together you know I feel like we are definitely kind of just like putting stuff out there that we're hearing or that we've experienced both from the professional side and the personal side. At this point, we've already talked about what the importance of being in therapy and why we should all be in therapy at some point in our lives. And now we've just out and talked about how to get there, what steps to take to get in somebody's uh, office and or on their computer screen. And we've also talked about what to expect when you start that process. So make sure you subscribe to this podcast. And if you're still not following us on Instagram or Twitter, please do so at Hughes to Healing. That's H-U-E-S to Healing, no spaces. We'll also have it linked in the episode notes, but our Instagram is where you'll find our mental health resource guide and it's a space for us to connect.
1: Yes, connect with us. We want to hear from y'all. Tell us what's working. Maybe you have some questions as you're navigating this journey, but just know that between Janae and I, we got y'all covered. We're always going to keep it real with y'all. This is a conversation and we are committed to this with you. So before
0: we sign off, Janae, is there anything you want to let them know? Today, we told you when to go to therapy, why to go to therapy. Now, all you got to do is get there. And as always, if no one else has told you this today, you got this. And shout out to you for making it this far in our episode, but more importantly, for making the commitment to your mental health to show up and engage with us. So until next time, we will talk to y'all later. Take care.